In new recordings by Bob Woodward, Donald Trump admits to lying about the coronavirus. And a DHS whistleblower says he was ordered to stop telling the truth about Russia because it makes Donald Trump look bad. Then we look at whether the Trump campaign is stealing from itself and who benefits. Buckle up. Wait what? Starts now. This is Wait, What? Politics with Zuma and Steele. Wait, What? is your political recap. We'll tell you who's making news and what it means to liberals and progressives everywhere. And we'll interview the newsmakers that make it happen. So from the nation's capital, here's reporter Jimmy Zuma. And from the great state of Arizona, here's Senator Victoria Steele. So we had a full show planned out for today. It was going to be great. Mostly, it was going to be about Trump's reckless campaign spending. And then this morning, we woke up to two huge breaking stories. So we're going to start with those. Then we're going to finish the rest of the show just like we had initially planned. But we're going to sort of shrink it all together. But first, we're going to hear straight from the horse's mouth that Donald Trump was lying when he said the coronavirus was not a big deal. It's like the flu. It'll just magically disappear. Well, does it surprise anybody that he's lying? No. But to hear him actually say it, that's infuriating. And that's the story. Just today, Bob Woodward released excerpts of his new book, Rage, It's a book with interviews with 18 different principals in the Trump administration, one of those being Donald Trump. And when you said horse's mouth, I was thinking. Yeah, I was kind of going to say that, but I thought I'd clean it up. Actual recordings of Donald Trump uh, admitting that he uh, knew that the coronavirus was serious in one and admitting that he downplayed it in the other. So let's listen to the first clip. And so what was uh, President Xi saying yesterday? Well, we were talking mostly about the uh, the virus, and I think he's going to have it in good shape, but, you know, it's a very tricky situation. It's, uh, it, goes, it, it goes through air, Bob. That's always tougher than the touch. You know, the touch, you don't have to touch things, right? But the air, you just breathe the air, and that's how it's uh, passed. And so that's a very tricky one. That's a very delicate one. Uh, it's also more deadly than your, you know, your even your strenuous flus. You know, people don't realize we lose 25,000, 30,000 people a year here. Who, who would ever think that, right? I know. It's I mean, much it's pretty forgotten. amazing. And uh, then I say, well, is that the same thing? For, this is uh, more right. deadly. This is five per, you know, this is 5% versus 1% and less than 1%. You know, so this is deadly stuff. Yeah. How about that? Holy crap. (laughs) So he knew in probably January, but we know factually in February, this this clip was, uh, when was it, February 7th? Yeah, February 7th. And uh, then the later March clip, well, let's listen to that. Now it's turning out it's not just old people, Bob, but just today and, and yesterday. Some startling facts came out. It's not just old, older yeah, exactly. young people to plenty of young people. So give me a moment of talking to somebody going through this with Fauci or somebody who kind of 
uh, it caused a pivot in your mind because it's clear just from what's in on the public record that you went through a pivot on this to oh my god the gravity is uh, almost inexplicable and unexplainable. Well, I think Bob really, to be honest with sure, you, sure, I want you. To I be. wanted to. Uh, I wanted to always play it down. I still like playing it down. Yes, sir. Because I don't want to create a panic. So you remember when Trump said it's all going to go away? It's no big deal. It's just like the flu. Well, that was the same time that he was telling Bob Woodward these things. You know, in the first clip, that was right around the time he was saying it's no big deal, it's going to go away, don't worry about it. In the second clip, where he admits that he downplayed it, uh, this is where he was saying, you know, everybody just needs to go about their business and get back to going to work. So this is all coming from Bob Woodward's new book, Rage, which is about to be released. And, and he's just released a few little tidbits from it to tease the book. Um, but but it, it, it covers race relations, diplomacy with North Korea, North Korea um, a, a bunch of issues that have come up recently. And But to hear him say these things when he just, the, the man cannot tell the truth. He absolutely cannot tell the proof, truth. For him, it's all about self-preservation. It's all about self-enrichment and to hell with anybody else. And he does mm -hmm. not care what it does to anybody, anybody, even his own donors, his own base. He doesn't give a damn as long as he gets what he wants. Right. And one of the other quotes in the book, all he cares about is getting reelected, meaning he doesn't care about security. He doesn't care about safety. He doesn't care about uh, anything that is about being the president of the United States. He only cares about Trump. And this is, of course, a, a recurring theme we've heard lately that all Trump cares about is himself. He doesn't have the capability to care about another person, right. to be empathetic or to even say a kind word. He flubs that when he talks to, you know, victims. And with all the social unrest and the Black Lives Matter movement, he, he just cannot, cannot. The man is a racist to his core. He just is. Right. Well, and that's, you know, the other big news. Now, we're basically um, reporting out from a, an article Robert Costa did in the Washington mm -hmm. Post. He was given a copy of the book, and these were the highlights as he saw them. And they're pretty damning. I mean, this idea that, that you know, Trump... When Rob, when uh, Bob Woodward asked him about institutional racism, his response was to make fun of Bob Woodward for being stupid. Basically, let's listen to that one. Hey, but let let me ask you this. I mean, we share uh, one thing in common. Uh, we're white, uh, privileged. Who uh, my father was a lawyer and a judge in Illinois, and we know uh, what your dad did, and. Uh, uh, do you have any sense that that privilege has isolated and put you in a cave to a certain extent? Is it put me and I think lots of white privileged people in a cave and that we have to 
work our way out of it to understand uh, the anger and the pain particularly black people feel in this country. Do you no, you, you really drank the Kool-Aid, didn't you? <laughs> Listen to you. Wow. No, I don't feel that at all. And then later on on the topic of racism, he uh, admitted that racism exists, apparently not institutional racism, but individual racism, and that it's kind of sad, but it's not as bad here in the United States as it is everywhere else or most places. And we have a clip of that. I Do you it. think there is systematic or institutional racism in this country? Well, I think there is everywhere. I think probably less here than most places or less here than many places. Okay, but is it here? in a way that it has an impact on people's lives. I think it is, and it's unfortunate, but I think it is. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and a racist through and through. Trump is not even pretending not to be a racist. He's shouting it from the rooftops. And, and, and he is running his campaign. It is the most blatantly racist campaign that we have seen since... 1968-ish when George Wallace was running, and, and he is deliberately exacerbating it. Yeah, and I, and I think even George Wallace was a, even George Wallace was a little more undercover yeah. about it than Donald Trump is. Donald right. Trump is just flat out uh, appealing to racists as they exist in the country. Now, the problem is for him that I don't think racists are a majority anymore, like they might have been when 70 or 80 percent of the voters were white. Most of them were racist. Yeah, but he is that we still, though, have serious racial divisions in our country. And, and instead of trying to alleviate them, Trump is deliberately exacerbating them. He's getting in there and throwing salt into a wound. And, and he's using the, this racist idea that white people are somehow being mistreated, not not everybody else. And, and I, unfortunately, I know too many people, too many white people who could not say the word racism because it makes them so uncomfortable to even think it. They can't see it in their own behaviors and their own core beliefs. They, they don't see it. And those are the ones that I'm afraid might overlook Trump's racism and even relate to him. Right. And, you know, we saw that you were just involved in an example of that yes. where some folks at the National Organization for Women um, vehemently denied they were racist right. while doing racist things. And uh, luckily that's cleaned up. Lots of businesses are cleaning themselves yeah. up at this. Apparently the Trump administration yeah. is dirtying themselves up. Uh, bringing in more racists and running a more racist campaign and, you know, threatening that uh, that uh, Joe Biden will turn the suburbs into the inner city or some, you know, stupid thing. Let me just say that this this book by Bob Woodward, Rage, is it's it's going to be incredible and I'm going to buy a copy. But this is. Bob Woodward of Woodward and Bernstein fame, the, the Watergate, they, they blew it out of the water. And these investigative reporters were the same ones that inspired me to have a 25-year career in broadcast news, broadcast journalism, when I was just, you know, I, I think I was early 20s. I think I was 21, 20, something around there. 
and they were young at the time. They were, you know, mid twenties. Um, they're the same ones that inspired me to continue to this day. And I'm looking at it to have a copy of the transcripts of the water congressional Watergate hearings on my bookshelf. Of course you do. <laughs> you have what on your bookshelf? Oh my God. Do you have it's the Watergate like, uh, tapes? It's like 12 hours. <laughs> Holy cow. And we want to leave you with one more thing that, that came out already about this book. The crap. He's, he deliberately planned to sick the military on the American people. Right. And that's important for two reasons. One, because he did yeah. it. And two, because General Milley, who at the time said he didn't know that was going to happen, is probably slinging some BS himself. Yep, they're all in cahoots. You know. Well, then there was this other huge story today. Uh, huge. A, a, another whistleblower complaint. This time, a, a, a senior Department of Homeland Security official says he was told to stop Brian Murphy he was told to stop giving intelligence analysis on the threat of Russian interference in the 2020 election. Because, because yeah, it's worse it would that. make the president look bad. So he was told to stop giving, giving that information, passing it on. Right. And according to him in the complaint, Acting Homeland Secretary Chad Wolf told him that an, quote, intelligence notification regarding the Russian disinformation efforts should be held because it was unflattering to Trump. Because it would embarrass, don't report out on the real threats from Russia because it will embarrass the president. That's the Homeland Security Secretary saying that. And that was not the only incident where he did something like that. Uh, you know, he also had told him to stop producing intelligence assessments on Russia, instead focus on uh, China and Iran, who aren't really, you know, they're probably involved in some disinformation, no. but they're not the major player. And so this is a whole effort to corrupt the intelligence service. So we now know the Department of Homeland Security is corrupted. Yes. We know, obviously, the Justice Department is corrupted. The institutions of government that we depend on to keep us in a democracy. Like the CDC? Right, the CDC is corrupt. And he's trying to destroy the post office, which is not a government agency, but still. <sighs> yeah. And, you know, of course, all of this tells you we have a really weak form of democracy and we need to strengthen it because we can't have uh, a criminal be able to come in and bring in his criminal cronies and completely corrupt everything that happens in government. I, I would never mm -hmm. have told you that Trump would be able to reach this far into government agencies and cause them, you know, but he even did it with the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. You'll remember yes. his, uh -huh. his uh, Sharpie yeah. drawing on the it, map. It is just incredible. <laughs> and other Absolutely things. Absolutely incredible. Um, so this, this, this still is happening. Now, yeah. you know, again, it's not that we're surprised that Trump is lying and has been lying all along, but to hear it from his own voice is just incredible. So we're going to. Right. And, and, and on, yeah, on that note, you always have a doubt in your mind whether Trump believes his own BS. And what we've learned from these Woodward um, revelations in rage is that he doesn't believe he's his own deliberately BS. lying. Oh, uh, 
just he's planfully lying you know, to make I himself have said look better the f word more these days than i have ever said it in my entire friggin life and i say friggin here but just yeah yeah friggin <laughs> yeah oh my god friggin I, I need the anger release yeah i know yeah well Good you know god. public office right. has its limitations well, we're gonna take a break and when we come back we're gonna do the show that we plan to do that includes something that looks like i don't know is could that be embezzlement in the trump campaign So in the last couple of weeks, we have learned here in Arizona that President Trump has canceled all of his ads, his television ads. And I mean, we're considered a swing state and he canceled it. Holy cow. What's that about? Now, they're going to they're going to cancel it for the entire month of September. And then they're going to. Um, bring it back in October, right before the the ballots drop here in Arizona. We're one of those swing states that were really important to him in this election. So that combined with the fact that he is stopping his multi-million dollar advertising campaign on television in Arizona. Oh my God, something's up. Yeah, you'll remember at the beginning of election season, we were told mm -hmm. and we believed that um, Trump had raised over a, a billion dollars. It was going to be the largest campaign mm -hmm. coffer ever in, in existence. He could never run out of money. And now they're broke. The campaign is broke. The reason they stopped advertising in Arizona was because they couldn't afford to. They're also doing this in other markets. They're canceling spending. They're trimming back spending. And the reasons are several. And one of the most interesting ones is that they spent a lot of money on flashy stuff for people in the campaign. Brad Parscale, who was the former campaign manager, managed to uh, do things like give himself a car and a driver, which no campaign chairman has ever done before. Uh, they spent on luxury trips. They spent on taking a lot of people uh, on trips to other places. They spent on letting a lot of campaign officials go on Air Force One which they have to reimburse for it. And they spent $350 million of the money that they raised through online fundraising on online fundraising. And in fact, it looks like their online fundraising operation, which you've seen everywhere, only broke even. So money is usually a huge advantage for the incumbent in the, in the presidential races. Um, it was supposed to be for President Trump, just like it had been for Barack Obama and George Bush. And back in April, when Joe Biden became the presumptive nominee uh, for the Democratic Party, he was pretty much broke. But Trump had a $200 million cash advantage. Here we are five months later, Trump's financial edge has gone up in smoke or something. And we've only got two months left till Election Day. And there is Trump sitting there with a cash problem. What the hell is going on? They, you, know, you were just told us that, that he's, he's making horribly wasteful decisions in spending this campaign. Is there more? Oh, yeah. You know, I mentioned that they, they spent $350 million on a direct mail operation that's probably only raised $350 million. 
a break-even proposition. But the reason they did that is because the companies that were paid were uh, companies that Brad Parscale, the campaign chairman, had an interest in. You know, Brad Parscale was the um, the online fundraising guy in the 2016 campaign, elevated to uh, campaign chair this time because nobody else wanted it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, all of his big spending, these big amounts that he spent, millions and millions of dollars, mostly went to companies that he had a, a stake in. So he was basically hiring his own companies, paying them exorbitant rates. But they also went for lots of other things, including some keep-your-mouth-shut money for uh, for Donald Trump's former bodyguard, who's been paid more than a half million dollars by the RNC since 2017. You say keep-your-mouth-shut money? To be a consultant, yes. You know, Omarosa Manigault was offered keep-your-mouth-shut money, the mm. same kind of money. Mm. And... Um, And there's the Super Bowl ads. The Super Bowl, $11 million worth of Super Bowl ads. Right. And he put, he had those Super Bowl ads and some other ads playing in Washington, D.C., where he doesn't have a lot of people to choose from there. So this is more of him just doing this because he, it's good for his ego. Well, yeah, this is the, you know, and this was a a Trump thing. This wasn't a Brad Parscale thing, but he demanded that they put advertisements on the air in Washington, which is never voting for Trump. I can assure you, and pretty much everybody (laughs) here hates him, uh, to put ads in Washington, Washington, D.C. market because he wanted to see them when he looked at the TV. He wanted to see his own ads when he looked at the TV. And instead of having them deliver the ads to him, he had them place millions of dollars worth of ad buys in Washington, D.C. Total waste of money. Right. You know, they spent $110,000 on um, on bags to make people put their phones in so they couldn't videotape his appearances. Yeah, they were specially made little pockets right. that would, would not allow people to record him on their phones. Right. Um, you know, surreptitiously. And, and 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 he took tons of money and spent it as gifts to his donors, to his big donors, flashy right. gifts to them. Um, and that's probably a good idea because it turns out the only money he made was from the big donors. The little donors, they spent the money on getting the little donors equal to the amount of little donors they got. Wow. So, and that was yeah, so that crazy. his that Brad Parscale could have um, a little kickback money. Self-dealing. Yeah. Was self-dealing to companies that he had a stake in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. not uncommon in, in Republican well, circles, but it's outrageous, the amount of money. They he had, they also spent $21 million on legal bills for Donald Trump, personal oh, legal yeah. bills. From the campaign. That's a bit unusual. Well, but here here's the thing. They have been, you know, the, the Trump... Um, campaign has been deriding Joe Biden's basement strategy. They've been saying he's just locked himself <laughs> away in the basement and he's being sleepy Joe and, and he's taking a nap and he's not working. But I'm telling you, he's been successful. He has been able to raise some cash. He's got some serious yeah. money coming in now. And, you know, Donald Trump is over here hurting and saying, look at Joe, he's just hiding in the basement. And and Joe, Joe Biden is kicking ass. 
In August, Joe Biden raised $346 million, which is the largest monthly haul of any campaign in history. Wow. And uh, the the, uh, Trump campaign raised $150 million less than that. So they raised about $200 million to, to his 348. But that's, you know, we haven't really gotten to the nub of where all this money's been going yeah. yet. Believe it or not, 25% of the money from the campaign went to a mysterious LLC that nobody knows what they do. They supposedly do some campaign related things, but there's no accountability for it. There's no acknowledgement of who, who owns that LLC or what it's for. Trump. My Trump. opinion, Trump. my opinion. <laughs> Yeah, in your opinion, is that this is Trump's cut. Yep. Now, interestingly enough, about $60 million disappeared from Trump, just disappeared from Trump's inaugural committee. And that was about 25% of the money, too. Where'd that go? I'm I'm having a feeling that Trump's uh, normal cut of any political activity that's involved in is 25%. Lord and we will find Lord. out eventually, uh, unless he's reelected. Um, oh, God. But Don't that's say that. Shush your mouth. Oh, my God. <laughs> you cannot even talk like that in my presence. I will not have it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. There are a number of other egregious spending habits and spendings that have happened in the campaign and, and are probably some of them illegal. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that 25% that mysteriously disappeared from both the inauguration committee and the campaign kind of tells you something, doesn't it? It tells us something. Indeed it does. So all of the small donor money that was spent, was given, was spent on getting it to be given. And a fairly big portion of the money from rich people went to this mysterious LLC that nobody knows who it is or what it is or where that money went. And there's no accountability for it. Um, Trump is embezzlement. Oh, yeah, this would definitely be this would definitely be a a federal crime for Trump to take money out of his campaign and put it in his personal accounts. And uh, the most serious kind of election crime, actually. And it's not that we're accusing him of something exactly. Right. We don't know for a fact that that was Donald Trump LLC, but there are too many coincidences and unexplained things, I'm confident to say when push comes to shove, we'll find out that that's how Donald Trump funneled off money from his campaign. And it was an illegal activity and he's guilty of a crime. So, and it also informs how he does everything else. Yes. But so here we are with Bob Woodward's book, Rage, coming out any day now on on all of these horrible things that Trump has been doing and saying, and he's got them on tape. So this is this is on the record stuff. This isn't innuendo or or unknown anonymous sources. This is on the record, on tape. We've got it here for you. That's what Woodward does best. And and so you know so we've got that saying, yeah, he knew it was deadly, that coronavirus is deadly and far worse than the flu. He knew it. He just wanted to deliberately play it down. And now now we get that there is this um, another whistleblower saying Trump wants me to not talk about 
um, providing intelligence analysis on the threat of Russian interference. Then we have possible embezzlement of campaign funds, and Trump is suddenly out of money two months before the election. Is any of this going to make any difference whatsoever in, in the polls, in the votes? And on top of that, we also have the revelation that, you know, he's disparaging military members in private. Oh, yeah. Um, but of course, you know, he did that in public, so you wouldn't expect him to be any <laughs> nicer in private. Uh, and Bob Woodward has some has some knowledge that he, he reveals in his book of some other instances where Trump disparaged military members. So it's a recurring theme. It's all piling up. It's, yes, it's piling up. But it, will it make a difference? What difference, well, if any, will it make? Yeah, I think it makes a difference. I think the military stuff has already made a difference. Um, the races were tightening, and now they're not tightening. Places where Biden's winning, he's the battleground states. He's increased his lead a little bit. Nationally, he's increased his lead by about, you know, a half a point so far. Uh, all of these things are piling up. There's such a small window of voters to grab, you know, 7%. Such a small window now who are undecided that we're, we're talking on the margins. It's 1% or 2% either way that we see in the polls. So it's hard to make clear judgments from that, but it's clear that any gain Donald Trump got from the convention has been erased uh, by the military revelations, and I think will be further erased by all this other stuff. Uh, Trump's basically in a position now where he has to win every undecided voter yeah. to win the election. And, uh, you know, that's about our show for today, but I want to tell you about a very special show we're having next time. Mark Potok, who until recently was at the Southern Poverty Law Center, is an internationally renowned expert in the American radical right. He was 20 years at the Southern Poverty Law Center and exposing hate groups and right-wing terrorism and specializes in the infiltration of extremist ideas in the political mainstream. You can tell I read that, can't you? I can. <laughs> <laughs> and he's now a senior fellow at the Center for Analysis of the Radical Right. Wow. So you will you will uh, recognize Mark uh, when you hear his voice and when you see his picture. He's uh, done hundreds of interviews nationally and and been quoted by experts. Uh, we're really excited to have Mark Quotak yeah. on the next show, and we hope you'll tune in for it. Well, meanwhile, that's a wrap for this week's show. It suddenly got much bigger than we had planned, but we don't mind that because that's that's what we love. And don't forget subscribe to Wait What. Politics with Zuma and Steele on your favorite podcast app. Leave us a voicemail on our website at waitwhat.media, and we will see you next week. Bye. With Mark Potok. Bye-bye. Well, that's it for today's show. If you find yourself saying, wait, what? Don't worry. We'll be back next week. Subscribe to Wait, What? Politics with Zuma and Steele on your favorite podcast app or visit waitwhat.media and try out our quick takes. So here's the thing, commentary from Victoria Steele and the ZOP topical explainers from Jimmy Zuma. I'm Monica Price.